Hello, and welcome to the Argentina Project podcast. Stay informed about political and economic developments in Argentina and U.S.-Argentina relations. This podcast is a production of the Argentina Project at the Latin American program of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Welcome back to the Argentina Project podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan, director of the Latin America program here at the Wilson Center. Argentina's president, Alberto Fernandez, was sworn in in December of 2019. On March 29th, more than three years later, he finally made it to the Oval Office. I think we have an enormous opportunity to increase our economic interchange. El mundo demanda alimentos, el mundo demanda energía. Notwithstanding that delay, explained in part by the pandemic, of course, the meeting was in some ways routine. The United States and Argentina have plenty to discuss. Argentina is South America's second largest economy. It's a democratic bulwark in the Western Hemisphere. In fact, this year, it celebrates 40 years of uninterrupted democracy at a time of democratic backsliding in many parts of the region. The last two U.S. presidents visited Argentina. President Obama attended a state dinner in 2016 at the former Palacio de Correos. President Trump attended the G20 summit in Buenos Aires in 2018. Fernandez's predecessor, Mauricio Macri, met with Trump in the White House in 2017. Still, Fernandez's recent arrival in the West Wing had many observers in Washington scratching their heads. After all, the United States and Argentina have not only seen eye to eye during Fernandez's administration. Notoriously, just before Russia invaded Ukraine, Fernandez traveled to Moscow, where he told Vladimir Putin that Russia should consider Argentina its, quote, entryway into Latin America. The United States was not amused. During Fernandez's only other official trip to the United States for the Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles last year, he used his remarks to criticize President Biden for not inviting the authoritarian rulers of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Quote, serving as host of the summit does not give the right to decide who attends, Fernandez has said. Meanwhile, Argentina's president has just a few months left in his term. National elections are scheduled for October. And the Argentine economy is once again in shambles. Inflation this year is expected to exceed 100%, and the economy is expected to contract by as much as 3%. That political and economic context make this an unusual moment for setting an ambitious agenda for U.S.-Argentina cooperation. To discuss the motivations and outcomes of Fernandez's trip to the United States, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast my friend and colleague, Rafael Matus Ruiz, the Washington correspondent for the Argentine newspaper La Nación since 2017. Rafael, welcome. Thank you, Benjamin. Glad to be here. You obviously follow this relationship very closely. Were you surprised when you first heard that your president was headed to town? Yes, I think everybody in Washington was a little bit surprised. Uh, this meeting has been originally scheduled for July uh, 2022, and it was postponed because Biden, as you know, uh, got COVID-19 uh, a few days before. The meeting seemed to be, you know, uh, completely forgotten and frozen. But then out of the blue, the White House announced a new date uh, with very short uh, notice. And it finally happened. Um, for some people, 
this uh, meeting, especially for uh, the Argentine government, was widely expected. And uh, one, I, I would say that the Argentine government worked very, very hard to uh, make it happen, especially Ambassador Jorge Arguedo here in Washington. The White House has been key uh, in supporting Argentina at the IMF with a program that is now the only anchor for an economy that is pretty much in shambles. Is the IMF the only issue that Argentina brought with it to its meetings in Washington? Um, you know, plenty to ask you about regarding what the United States seeks from this relationship, but I think the right place yeah. to start is what Argentina was hoping to achieve. I mean, I think when you look at the, the, the public declaration that both presidents gave in, in the Oval Office before the private meeting and before uh, the bilateral meeting with, with, with their uh, advisors and officials, you see two very sharp contrasts, a very, very clear contrast between what Biden said and what President Fernandez said. You know, Biden was looking at the long term of the relationship. He celebrated the 200 years of the bilateral relationship and he said that, you know, um, they had a lot to work on uh, in, in, in the future, in the long run. And the readout from the, from the White House highlight that the leaders discussed, you know, cooperation between the United States and Argentina to continue supporting the people of Ukraine and to respond to the consequences of Russia's brutal invasion, including on food security. Beyond food security, uh, the White House mentioned climate change and continued cooperation in the energy and critical mineral sectors, meaning lithium, which is a key um, raw material in the fight against climate change and very, very important for the White House. Argentina, as you well know, has a, a very large reservoir of lithium in the north. But what President Fernandez said um, was that he needed the continued support of, of the White House, uh, especially now that Argentina is going through a very, very severe drought. It's the worst drought since 1929 on record. President Fernandez thanked President Biden for his support in international organizations such as the IMF. Uh, he also declared himself as an absolute ally, aliado absoluto, he said, sitting next to Biden, which was somewhat of a, a shocking uh, statement, given, for instance, what he just said about uh, President Fernandez traveling to Moscow before Russians invasion to Ukraine. President Fernandez has also traveled to China, where he met with Xi Jinping. You know, Russia and China are two uh, issues that have brought uh, tension into the bilateral relationship with the United States. And President Fernandez took this opportunity to clearly took a a very strong stance and a very strong position uh, next to uh, Biden presenting himself as an aliado absoluto. And when he mentioned uh, the, the, the drought and the impact of the drought, uh, he said, uh, and I quote, that it was something that has very much complicated the economy. Uh, and this is something that Argentina was discussing with the international organizations such as the IMF. And then he said, so we certainly do look forward to your continued support the way we have had it so far. I think this was um, one of the objectives of, of the Argentine government to, to ensure that, you know, the, the, the very strong support that the Biden administration has given Argentina in international organization is not going to waver, especially now in an election year. But also, and, and this from a pure uh, personal standpoint uh, for President Fernandez, he got a picture with Biden in the Oval Office, which is something that his vice president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, uh, sought 
relentlessly during the Obama administration, and she didn't get. It was a, a time where the bilateral relationship was um, not going through its 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 best period, as 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 you well know. Um, but now, you know, given the work of Ambassador Arguello, the Argentine government, um, advisors in in Washington that helped the Argentine government, such as Tom Shannon, uh, I think uh, the meeting at, at the White House finally happened and gave the Fernandez government an opportunity to show an international support that back in Argentina has very much come into question. So it's clear, Rafael, that the Argentine leader was thinking very much about the Argentine economy, its fragility, the importance of U.S. support at the IMF for Argentina's program. But he did seem to recognize how important particularly the Ukraine war is to the Biden administration. And Argentina's position on the war has not always been consistent. But in Washington, Fernandez said, we condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which has had grave consequences. And that wasn't the only criticism of Russia we heard from Alberto Fernandez during his trip. How important do you think this particular issue is in the relationship between Argentina and the United States? I mean, I and I think other Argentine journalists who were present at the Oval Office were surprised by the uh, strong words of President Fernandez against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I think it would be fair to say that this has been his more stark and strong condemnation of uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, invasion of, of Ukraine so far, uh, which comes into a very sharp contrast with his original position, you know, which was a little bit, as you say, inconsistent. But, you know, this government has been inconsistent in several foreign affairs issues, uh, most notably um, human rights abuses in, in, in Latin America from the Cuban regime, the uh, Venezuelan government of Nicolás Maduro, uh, and not so much, but to some extent, uh, the Ortega regime in, in Nicaragua. But it was clear that President Fernandez in the Oval Office wanted to leave no doubt where he and his government stand today in regards of uh, Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine. Uh, and he did say, and he did enumerate like some of the most uh, severe consequences of that uh, and conflict in I cannot stress this enough. It has been so far his most uh, vigorous and, and, and strong condemnation of the war. I agree, but I'd say that the conversation about human rights was actually even more broad. And, and you know, President Biden in the White House said, you know, we're working to protect human rights together. Quote, we intend to stand up for our democracies and what we value. And, and in response, Fernandez said both the administration of President Biden and our own see democracy and human rights as central pillars for development. So again, it strikes me that the Argentine president very much recognized that this is a pillar of the relationship and maybe one that has been undervalued by the Casa Rosada over recent years to the detriment of this relationship. Yes, I, I, I think it was a very well-crafted uh, statement that President Fernandez gave in, in the Oval Office. He even took uh, a minute to uh, mention the, the, the recent school shooting in, in Nashville. And, and in a very rare statement, I think, for a foreign leader, he came out in very strong support of President Biden's policy to try to regulate uh, arms in the United States, which, as you know, it's a, it's a very sensitive issue uh, politically here in, in the United States. And it's becoming somewhat an issue 
in the in the Argentine campaign uh, as well. So when you take the entire statement of President Fernandez, when you take the entire visit, it was clear that everything was very well prepared for the Argentine government to leave no doubt of the a very uh, strong uh, symphony and the very strong um, coincidence that exists between the two governments, avoiding somewhat of the most toxic or most uh, complicated topics, which have somewhat tainted the relationship in the last couple of years. Most notably, I would mention uh, the accusation and the uh, sentence against Vice President Cristina Kirchner on corruption charges, which is somewhat of like a, you know, a torn issue in the bilateral relationship because, you know, people in Washington, such as Senator Ted Cruz, for instance, in, in Congress are pushing for sanctions against Cristina Kirchner. It's something that the government administration has shown no intent to do so far. The remarks by President Biden were broadly looking at the next century of, of U.S.-Argentine relations, um, spoke of Argentina as this enormous potential ally on a real wide range of issues, the critical minerals like lithium that are necessary for the energy transition, food security globally, energy security. Um, a lot of observers hear that, and, and it sounds far-fetched given the economic chaos in Argentina, its unpredictable politics, and the uncertainties in the relationship between Argentina and the United States, which, as you've referenced, have gone through many different phases and make it seem you know, wishful thinking to be able to plan 100 years of strategy and how to manage this relationship. What do you make of this vision from the White House that President Biden expressed for 100 years of Argentine-U.S. cooperation, including on issues of real global concern? I mean, as you know, it's very difficult for Argentines to look beyond two weeks or a month, uh, a year, let alone like 20 years, a decade, two decades or 100 years. You know? But clearly Biden and, and, and his administration and his advisors as, uh, are seeing Argentina as a strategic ally in the region that can help the world providing uh, food, providing gas. And providing lithium, you know, uh, food and gas particularly have become especially important in the context of the conflict in Ukraine. And lithium, of course, is is critical in the fight against climate change and the transition to a green economy. Uh, this would explain, or at least it would provide one of the reasons why the uh, Biden administration has been so adamant in supporting Argentina at the IMF and why the IMF has been uh, so flexible has shown a, 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 a very unusual degree of flexibility in sustaining Argentina's program with the IMF that has come under very heavy criticism from economists, investors, and so on and, and, and so forth. The Argentine government is taking note of this. Um, the drought and how Argentina can contribute in the next coming years with uh, wheat, soy, corn, to, to the global markets was one of the topics that was discussed in the bilateral meeting between Biden, Fernandez, and the rest of the officials. But as you mentioned, um, Argentina's economy is very fragile. It's very unstable. Uh, inflation has surpassed 100% on an annual basis. Uh, the foreign exchange market is still very, very volatile and is working under very heavy 
regulations and restrictions by the federal government. So the idea that Argentina would come out of some sort of like energy and food supplier and lithium supplier to the world is still something that 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 rings as 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 a uh, a challenge given the current economic crisis the country is going through. But in Washington, clearly, people are seeing this as a potential role for Argentina in the future. And the Argentine government is also trying together. But in order to get there, um, this government and, and, and the government that, that will come after the, the election will certainly have a lot of like housekeeping and, and house cleaning to do. Rafa, before I let you go, I have to ask a domestic politics question. This is an election year in Argentina, after all. And whether the United States is relevant to the political campaigns in Argentina. You mentioned the importance to Alberto Fernandez of a photo in the Oval Office. His vice president, when she was president, sometimes it seemed used tensions with the United States to her domestic political advantage. And so where does the United States stand right now as a political issue in Argentina? Are strong relations with the United States seen as a political benefit to a candidate? Um, or, again, are there elements of Argentine society that would prefer a distant relationship and, and would favor political movements and, and political candidates who would seek some distance, again, between the United States and Argentina? Hmm. I mean, there's always going to be... Um an area, sector in, 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 in the political ecosystem in Argentina, and to be honest, in other countries in Latin America as well, that are, are going to um, use the United States as a scapegoat, you know, accusing the, the you know, the empire to, to, to try to impose policies and to try to impose a certain direction for the country that it's it, it's not the best direction that, that, that the country uh, should take. But I think... Uh, when you look at the current political and economic environment in, in Argentina, and particularly the 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 the, the very uh, the very nasty you know uh, internal fights that we're seeing in both coalitions in 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 the ruling Frente de Todos and the opposition Juntos por el Cambio, and 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 the unknown factor of you know the libertarian candidate Javier Milei. Which is coming out very strong in the polls, and 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 could be uh, the very surprising element in 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 the election. Um, I think for President Fernandez to show that he has some international uh, gravitas, to show that he has the support of the White House, to show that he has, you know, um, achieved a program and sustained a program with the IMF. That I would say it's the most uh, easy, uh, favorable program to Argentina in the history of the IMF. No, no other government in the history of Argentina has uh, had to deal with, with with such a flexible IMF than this government. I think to show that and to show that you know that that he's someone that has you know some international support gives him a little bit of of gravitas. But his popularity is so low in Argentina. So solo, and the crisis is so so severe that it would probably not have the impact, uh, and it would not be as relevant as it would be in a more normal election year. I think this campaign cycle is going to be defined mostly by the economic crisis and 
when you look at the discussions in Argentina, you know, candidates seem to be, and the political coalition seem to be very, very absorbed internally. Argentina has become a very insular country, as you usually, as you have seen also with other countries. And discussions have become very tribal, you know, something that you see in, 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 in political discussions also in, in other countries in Latin America and in the world in the context of very, very polarized society. So I, I don't particularly expect that the bilateral relationship is going to have um, an impact in the election. I would say, though, I would say, though, that most of the presidential candidates or, or the people that have said that they want to run, you know, Horacio Rodríguez Larreta in Juntos por el Cambio, Patricia Bullrich also in Juntos por el Cambio, Alberto Fernández, Sergio Massa, who, who has said that he doesn't want to run, but, you know, he's always considered to be a presidential candidate. They have all uh, worked to have a good bilateral relationship with the United States. And most likely, whoever comes uh, as the next president in Argentina will continue to, to work and to develop the bilateral relationship with the USA because it has proven to be very important for the stability of the Argentine economy. Rafael Matus Ruiz, Washington correspondent for Argentina's La Nación. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Argentina Project podcast, a program about political and economic developments in Argentina and U.S.-Argentina relations. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. To learn more about the Wilson Center's Argentina Project, visit wilsoncenter.org slash LAP. And please join us again next time for another episode of the Argentina Project Podcast.